We are returning to the book of Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25, we have been walking through our faith and finance series, and we kind of mixed it up a little bit on last week because we were blessed to ordain and install some new leaders. Give God some praise for those brothers. Amen. Come on, right there, right there. Glory, that was, that was pretty bad, maybe because y'all holding your Bibles. <laughs> that was like... But we are overwhelmed with joy for uh, these brothers, and so we dealt a little bit with service and finances on this past Sunday, and we didn't have enough time to deal with all that we had initially thought, and so we're going to pick back up and finish this message from last week. Amen. Matthew chapter 25, beginning at verse 14. Those that have found it say, I've got it. I'm going to go ahead and read the whole thing one more again to make sure we understand the full depth and breadth of this passage. Matthew 25, beginning at verse 14. For it is just like a man about to go on a journey. He called his own servants and entrusted his possessions to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two talents, and to another one talent, depending on each one's ability. Then he went on a journey. Immediately, the man who had received five talents went to put them to work. I'm sorry, went, comma, put them to work, comma, and earned five more. In the same way, the man with two earned two more. But the man who had received one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five talents approached, presented five more talents, and said, Master, you gave me five talents. See, I've earned five more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Share your master's joy. The man with two talents also approached. He said, Master, you gave me two talents. See, I earned two more talents. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Share your master's joy. The man who had received one talent also approached and said, master, I know you. You're a harsh man, reaping where you haven't sown and gathering where you haven't scattered seed. So I was afraid and went off and hid your talent in the ground. See, you have what is yours. His master replied to him, You evil, lazy servant. If you knew that I reap where I haven't sown and gather where I haven't scattered, then you should have deposited my money with the bankers, and I would have received my money back with interest when I return. So take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have more than enough. But from the one who does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. And throw this good-for-nothing servant into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Everybody say, whew. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord, heads about, eyes are closed. Oh, Lord, we thank you again for 
this tough teaching from our Savior. We, we receive what you have prepared for us. And Father, we ask now that you speak to our hearts. Father, we don't propose to have all the answers, which is why we seek your word diligently. Speak to our hearts, Lord. As the men sang this morning, speak to our heart, Holy Spirit. And I pray that even now we would be better prepared as it relates to our stewardship of your resources, dear Lord. So we lift up every household represented, every member represented. We pray, Lord God, that you would move in the midst of us. And as we study and we examine your word, may your spirit convict us at our points of challenge. Thank you again for this moment. We give you glory, praise, and honor for what you are about to do. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, everybody say amen. amen. Bless you. If there are those who enter, please allow them to do so. Thank you so much, ushers, for all that you do. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. So our, our sermon is entitled, No Risk, No Reward. Help me preach this. Somebody say, no risk, no, risk. no, reward. no reward. And towards a review, you can look at your handout, if you will. And if you like a digital copy, go to Version Bible app. Click on those bottom three bars. It'll give you live events, touch live events, and it'll pull up these notes for today. But here is our message moment. We've been entrusted with gifts, talents, and blessings to invest in kingdom work. Key word there is to invest in kingdom work. So last week, we had a wonderful discussion about the context of our message. We are hearing Jesus as he preaches uh, what is known as the Olivet Discourse. He is preaching on the Mountain of Olives, and as a consequence, he is preparing these, these disciples for the return of Jesus Christ. He understands, and they understand that he will leave for a season, and during this interim period would be an opportunity for those who are of Jewish descent to determine what they will do with Jesus Christ. And I mentioned real specifically on last week that last week that these passages in the Olivet Discourse deal specifically with Jesus' relationship with Israel. This is not a, a connection to the church, although there are some principles that we all can take with us. Amen so far? So he is talking about how the people of Israel will have to deal with the person of Jesus Christ. And so he's letting them know that, listen, the kingdom of God is going to be like this. It's going to be like this. And he gives a reference to the ten virgins who had oil in their lamps, but they weren't prepared when he returned. And as a consequence, they were shut out. Somebody say, shut out. And then today's message deals with the parable of the talents. So the first dealt with timing, dealt with, with relationship. The second parable deals with what we do in the interim, our, our commitment, our faithfulness to what the Lord has called us to do. So as we make our way through, we see that this parable today deals with talents. Underline that again, as I've already done representing the financial resources, the gifts, the privileges, and opportunities that Jesus entrusts to us and to his disciples. Talents include money, but also reference more than money. See, you yourself are a talent. You are a talent. 
So also what you do with your life as it relates to kingdom investment is imperative. If you squander your life, you are squandering your talent. Ah, but he says here in the get it section that the master leaves. It should say the master leaves. The master leaves, so he entrusts his possessions to his service. This is an amazing scene of events. And again, this is just a parable. So in this parable, he lines up his servants and he begins to distribute his wealth. The servant with great abilities receives five. The servant with good abilities receives a few less. The servant with minimal abilities receives one. And the text says they were given these based upon their abilities. I'll return to that with a reference later on. And so we left off last week with the concept that risk begins with faith. Risk begins with faith. Because we see in the passage that when they receive their gifts and the master leaves, there is an immediate response from the first two servants. And they immediately do something with the gifts that they have received. And so I want you to begin thinking about that in your life. What have you been doing with the gifts that the Lord has entrusted to you? Risk begins with faith. These servants were also stewards. They were entrusted to invest. They couldn't just allow time to lapse. There was an expectation to do something. So we begin today's message. And I submit to you that thankfulness leads to faithfulness. Thankfulness leads to faithfulness. When we are appreciative, it shows up in our performance. When, when we value what the Lord has done in our lives, then we demonstrate appreciation to him by doing something with what we've been invested. The more thanks that we give, the more faithful that we live. I like that by myself. And so thankfulness is a prelude to faithfulness. So as a consequence, beloved, if your life demonstrates a lack of faith in using what God has entrusted to you, it is very likely that you don't appreciate what God has given to you. And that could be what you have in your pocket. It could be what you look like. It could be who you are. But a lack of faithfulness is directly connected to a lack of thankfulness. And I'm here to let you know, beloved, we have every reason to be thankful. We have every reason to wake up morning after morning. Why? Because whatever happened the previous day, the Lord has lined up some mercies that are waiting for our opening eye. Why? Because he's faithful, so we ought to be thankful. So as you enter this Thanksgiving season, don't you walk into Thanksgiving season like you mad at God or you mad at your family or you upset with where you are in life. You better give God some thanks that things are as well as they are because I can testify they could be worse. So Father, I ain't got the money I thought I deserved, but I thank you I got a little bit. I'm driving this raggedy car, but I'm thank you I'm driving. I may not have the family members I like, 
but I don't get to choose my family. So I thank you for Uncle Nim. I thank you for Cousin Nim. I thank you for Grandma Nim. As a matter of fact, thank you for everything. Don't you walk into that house on Thanksgiving Sunday like you got an attitude. You put a smile on your face. You hug your drunk cousin. You hug your high auntie. Listen, you move the trash out the way. You act like you belong. And you give God a little praise. You so doggone sedity. That's why they don't like you. They don't want you as bad as you don't want to be there. So you enter that house with some thanksgiving. You act like you belong. Their blood is your blood. Somebody say thankfulness leads to faithfulness. So that's the foundation, y'all. It's, it's about faithfulness. That's what Jesus is trying to communicate. In this parable, faithfulness, verse 14, opens up for it, meaning the kingdom of heaven is just like a man about to go on a journey. And this is the period of Jesus' return. He called his own servants and entrusted his possessions to them. Look at what happens in the text. The owner entrusted his possessions. See, I understand now why I got an attitude with God sometimes uh, because I'm finally realizing that what I got is his. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he lets me use it, but I'm fully understanding at the age of 50 that what's mine is really his. And as a consequence, I have the burden and the blessing to do a better job than I've been doing. And so, so the Lord gives you what you have. You can pat that pocket all you want to. You control that checkbook all you think you do, but what you have is his. I'm discovered in money is a test. God entrusts us with money as a test. For like a toy to the child, it's training for them handling things of more value. The same thing with us. If God sees that you are responsible in handling the little bit you got, then he is going to entrust you with more. Ah, so then we got to back that thing up. So you mean because I ain't got nothing? If you rubbing two nickels together, check your record. Don't look at God. Look at what you did with that income tax check. Ain't got no help up in here. Look what you do when the Lord blesses you with a little extra. Look at what you do with what he has given you to work with week for week. So in the text there is a clear comparison contrast with the three servants. There is a difference in the distribution of the gifts. Y'all, it's right there in the text. The one he gave five. Wow, five based upon his abilities. The one he gave two based upon his abilities. The one he gave one. Somebody say one. one. Based upon 
his ability. So the difference, says Warren Wiersbe, is this. The talents represent opportunities to use our abilities. If five talents were given to a person with minimal ability, he would be destroyed by the heavy responsibility. See, some of us just can't handle five. I ain't got no help up in you, you, you may be fooling yourself, but the last time you had five, you blew it, Stephen Brown. The last time you had a financial blessing, you spent the money before you got home. I ain't got no witnesses up in here. Y'all look up at me like you want to, but I'm, I'm here to testify that everybody can't handle it. It's already been established. It's been proven scientifically and physically that people who win the lottery typically lose the money in a matter of years. That's them new money folk. Don't be a new money folk. That, 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 that new money burns through their checking account. They go back and they check on those who have won the lottery and they have literally nothing to show for it. And so what Warren Wiersbe is helping us to understand is it's based upon ability. He says, watch this, but if, the, if, if only one talent were given to the man of great ability, he would be disgraced and degraded. He says, so God assigns work and opportunity according to ability. But don't you feel bad about yourself? Watch this. Because God has given you something. Oh, yeah, that's, that's real. Look at your neighbors. Oh, you got something. Come on, look at them. You got something. You may not like what you got. You may not be appreciative of what you got, but you got something. Some of y'all looking at me mad. Yeah, you got something. And I think we waste precious time comparing what we got. To what other folk got. I'm going to sip on that just a little while. Some of us trying to figure out how, how they take a vacation like that. They checking your talents. How they drive a car like that. They, they, they checking your talents. And what I need for you to do, child of God, is check your own pockets. Y'all help me preach this. Say, neighbor, check your own pockets. Check your own pockets. Check your own pockets. What you working with. Despite what you've been given, there is still the expectation of faithfulness. So it doesn't matter how much God has gifted you with, how much God has given to you, you still have the responsibility to be faithful. So we don't get to determine how much we get, but we get to determine how much we invest. Oh, I feel that by myself. I ain't got to my text yet. So how much we sow, how much we give back is in response to how much we've been given. So we have to also understand financially what these talents represent. Hmm. It's amazing when I look at the talents, I'm discovering that the talent was about 20 years wages. Wow, just think about it. Just think about that for a second. 20 years wages that's a whole lot of resources 
So, again, the parable is about faithfulness. What you do with what you've been given. So essentially, it involves using what God has entrusted to one to advance God's interests in the world. See, here, we're dealing with faith and finance and being financially fit. Watch this. Not just so that we can become fat cats, but so that we can become individuals who financially invest and advance the kingdom. Y'all, it's about kingdom. It's about expanding the kingdom. And so as a consequence, we have to be stewards. So that bank account balance, it may have your name on it. But even still, you're just a steward. Remember, I told, I'm, I'm finally realizing that all that I got, and I ain't got but a little bit. Let me see here. All that I got. Ooh, I, I got a check. I ain't cashed a check yet. I'm going to cash up, Sister Maddie. I got, I, got some, I got some 20s. I got some, I got some fives and all of that in here. But watch this, y'all. This ain't mine. It's in my pocket, but it ain't mine. And I need for you every now and then to just look at your money and make a declaration, this ain't mine. This is the Lord's. It's in my pocket. I get to dictate how it's used and when it's used. And, and so that should compel me to be even more responsible because it ain't mine. I need a witness up in here. I think that's most of our problems. We falsely conclude that what we have is ours. Let me press on. Let me press on. Let me press on. So we, we left off last week also with this statement of urgency and immediacy. First two, immediately do something with their resources. But their third, tarries a bit. He says, but the man who had received one, verse 18, went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid. His master's money. We left all last week saying when we wait, we tend to waste. Child of God, what are you doing with the investment that the Lord has given you? It's about faithfulness. And so now we made our way to the actual return. Verse 19 says, after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. Listen, he's been gone for a long time. He comes back with them some expectations. Let me see what my servants have done. Can't you just imagine he's sitting down excited? Oh, this is going to be great to see how they've, how they've done. So upon returning from a long journey, the master settles his account first. Note that he is coming back. Second, note that he expects a return on his investment. Look at verse 20. The man who had received five talents approached, presented five more talents and said, Master, you gave me five. See, I've earned five more. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Share your master's joy. The man with two talents also approached. He said, master, you gave me two. See, I've earned two more. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Share your master's joy. What word do you see that keeps getting repeated? Share, yeah, what else? It starts with F. Faithful. Faithful. Do y'all see that in the text? Faithful. Here, here it is. Faithfulness, watch this, gets us, you ready to write, elevated. Oh, I like that by myself. 
Faithfulness gets us elevated. Get that on the screen. Faithfulness gets us elevated. He says right there, you're, gonna, you're going to be ruler. You're going to be put in charge of many things. Do y'all see the test in the text? He gave them something. He gave them a duration with which to do something with it. He returns to settle, and then he begins to distribute even more blessings. Now, notice, notice the language of the text. He says, come share in your master's joy. Come on up. That's what Sister Medlock would say. Come on up. He said, listen, come on and get all that I have. As a matter of fact, I, I want to include you in my leadership. Faithfulness gets us elevated. So the overarching issue is faithfulness. Choosing to believe that God deserves better. Mm, that's, listen, y'all, that's, that's, oh, God. Choosing to believe that God deserves better. It has to dictate everything. And I'm watching myself grow in this area. Remember, I told, I'm just now fully understanding that this, although it's in my pocket, ain't mine. Some of y'all are hard to receive that, but the sooner you accept it, the sooner it will compel you to be more responsible. So the investment of the faithful led to the increased responsibility of the faithful. More faithfulness means more opportunities. And here's what I'm discovering about many of us. We want the opportunities on credit. Oh, God. We want opportunities. Just take my word for it. Just just believe that I can do it. Just, just know. Uh, just check with such and such. They can tell you about it. No, I ain't checking with nobody. I want to see your receipts. I want to see what you've done based upon your giftedness, says the Lord. And that will determine if you get more. It's too much credit in the world, y'all. Too much credit. Too much credit. It's, it's, it's messing us up. We buying stuff. We ain't got no business buying. I told you many times, just because you can pay the note don't mean you can't afford it. Let me sip right here. Y'all, y'all turning me off. Mm-hmm. Because if one thing changed in your life, you can't handle that note. One thing. Increase intuition. You 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 stuck. Somebody gets sick. You messed up. That is a demonstration of our inability to afford some of the things that we have. Keep moving. Y'all got quiet on me. Ain't nobody shouting now. Ain't nobody standing now. Amen. Somebody say faithfulness gets us elevated. Uh, we got to go to verse 24. I'm in the text. Come on. We're almost there. Is it the man who had received one talent also approached and said, Master, I know you. You're a harsh man, reaping where you haven't sown and gathering where you haven't scattered seed. So I was afraid and went off and hid your talent in the ground. See, you have what is yours. His master replied to him, you evil, lazy servant. 
If you knew that I reap where I haven't sown and gather where I haven't scattered, then you should have deposited my money. Somebody say my money with the bankers. And I would have received my money back with interest when I returned. What a scathing rebuke. Faithfulness gets us elevated. Unfaithfulness gets us exposed. Exposed? What do you mean exposed? Exposed for what? Exposed to what the text says we are. I ain't calling you this. This is what the text says. Evil and lazy. I'm going to sit right there one more time. Y'all, we are burying our gifts. Partially because we don't understand whose gifts they are. Other hand, because we lazy. Some of y'all got all kind of gifts. Remember, talents go beyond money. Some of y'all got stuff that would bless the kingdom that, that the Lord has established here through Greater Bethlehem, but you just bury that week after week. It gets buried deeper and deeper. And nothing I've said ever has convicted you to the point of unearthing what you bury. The Lord said, that's evil. To keep what I've given you, saith the Lord, and to just squander it. So unfaithfulness gets us exposed. That's sorrowful. That's sad. So our unwillingness to even try, our unwillingness to exhibit faith will be exposed for what it is, spiritual laziness. Let me, let me break this down a little deeper. Some of us know we ought to give consistently to the church. We know we ought to. Now, I'm not saying you don't, but you don't do it consistently. That's number one. Number two, you don't give at the level that you ought to be giving. I, I, I didn't count your money. No, I didn't. I didn't count your money. Don't get that attitude with me. I said at the level you ought to be giving. And you have the privilege to determine that between you and the Lord. So will a man rob God? Yes, it's 731 Funny Road every Sunday. He said, you're not even going to exhibit a little faith? Just try a little harder than you've been trying? Just go, just, just, just a, a, a teen ain't your bit more? Your pastor's been communicating the financial struggle as we try to do the work of kingdom building business and it goes in one ear and, and comes out. I found out about that other one Friday. Y'all catch that on the way home. But it goes in one ear and comes out the other ear. We don't even process it. It doesn't even apply to us. Why? Because we think that what we have is ours. Somebody say unfaithfulness gets us exposed. I'm here to tell you, when we allow our feelings or our lack of to disqualify our faith, we miss opportunities for God to work in us and through us. 
So essentially, the Lord Jesus is declaring to the one talent folk, do something with it. Do something, do something with it. We are missing opportunities for both blessings and kingdom expansion because we won't do something with it. Opportunities missed. There was a very cautious man who never laughed or played. He never risked. He never tried. He never sang or prayed. And when he one day passed away, his insurance was denied. For since he never really lived, they claimed he never died. Missed opportunities, missed chances, that offering tray passes you week to week, and you treat it like, some of y'all don't even touch it, Mm-mm. I, I, Pat, give it to the next person, Mm-mm. Mm-mm. they just want my money, nope, nope. This past Sunday, offering was half what it needed to be. Look at your neighbor and say half. How are we going to pay the mortgage with half? How we keep these lights on with half? How we prepare for Thanksgiving giveaways with half? And watch this. The work will continue to go forward. And all we do is just we just spin in place until we as a collective body of believers come out of spiritual laziness. The text is moving. So, says the master, take the talent from him, verse 28, and give it to the one who has 10 talents. You're ready to write again. Faithfulness gets us blessed. Ah, come on, let's, let's cheer up, let's cheer up. Faithfulness, faithfulness gets us, gets us blessed. Did you, did you catch that what happens in the text? The master didn't say give it to me. Y'all missed it. He said give it to the one. Oh, I like that by myself. Although the one with great abilities presented his return to his master, he gets to keep or steward what he earned. He said, give it to the one that has 10, which means he still got the 10 in his possession, although he presented it to the master. I'm here to let you know, it doesn't matter how much you got. What matters is what you do with what you got, and the Lord will still let you hold on to it. He didn't say get it and put it in my treasury. He said give it to the one that has ten. Some of y'all trying to figure out what the Lord blesses. The Lord blesses faithfulness. And to add to that, he gets what those who have not been faithful have forfeited. I'm finished. I'm finished. Verse 29. I'm wrapping this up. For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have more than enough. But from the one who does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. And throw this good-for-nothing servant into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Settle down. This is just a parable. You ain't going to hell. Calm down. Now, some preachers will probably preach that. And just cut the text up. Make it say what they wanted to say. But here's the one I want you to get to. Unfaithfulness gets us broke. 
Unfaithfulness gets us broke. There's some sub points on your handout there. Faith is rewarded. Fear always fails. Unfaithfulness gets us broke. I added on my notes. Broke, busted, and dejected. Broke. Look at the neighbor and say, broke. It ain't the man doing it to you. You doing it to you. As a matter of fact, we do it to ourselves so frequently that we overlook the fact that it's simply poor stewardship. We, we, we overextend ourselves and we take it out on God. So y'all, y'all missed that. Because when we overextend this, we still got to pay that car. No, we're going to pay that car now. We got houses we can't afford. We still going to pay that mortgage or that rent. You got a five-bedroom apartment with two people. Every time you get ready, go, so I, I, I got to get an outfit for that. I got to get something new. And trust me, I, I, ain't, I ain't throwing no shade. Y'all know pastor be shopping, don't trip. Y'all can look at me and tell I'll be shopping. Amen. I got one hand. God bless you, sister. God bless you. But y'all, there is a difference between shopping and spending and overextending yourself. And y'all, I'm first in line. I'm looking at my credit card statements, looking at my bank statements these past three weeks, and I'm saying, Lord, I will do better. Somebody say unfaithfulness gets us broke. So he lost the opportunity for service and he gained no praise or reward. Use it or lose it, y'all. Use it or lose it. I'm I'm, I'm finished. Use it or lose it. Again, this parable is about faithfulness. The Lord needs all of us to contribute, even the one talent folk. It's not about equal giving, serving, or investing, but about equal sacrifice. So I'm here to let you know, you got to stop sitting on your one. Stop fretting that you weren't given more and do something with what you've got, Stephen Brown. You got to start where you are, you got to use what you have, and you got to do what you can. In other words, you got to just show up. Oh, somebody say show up. You got to get to the place where when you, when you have the opportunity to do something with what you've been given, you got to show up. It was a stormy night in Birmingham, England. Hudson Taylor was to speak, preach at a meeting. And the person who was hosting him at the 7th Street Baptist Church said, you know what, man, ain't nobody going to show up. It's raining. It's storming outside. Let's just take it easy, Mr. Taylor. Just, let's just relax, Pastor Taylor. Pastor Taylor said, I must go. Even if there is no one present but the doorkeeper. And y'all, he showed up and only a handful of people showed up. But for those who showed up, Pastor Taylor said, I had to make sure I was a good steward for these few who came. 
And y'all, that's, I'm wrapping this up, but I, I just need for you to, to receive this word that with whatever you've been given, you got to show up. I don't care what you got in your bank account. I don't care what you got in your pocket right now. You may not have but $10 to your name. You got to show up with that 10. Is there a witness in the house that can say, you know what, Pastor? Going forward, starting today, I'm going to show up. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. But I want someone to come and give a testimony about showing up. Sister Helen Donaldson, would you come forward? I want you to give her a big old hand. Give her a big Ready Bethlehem hand and welcome. And she's going to talk to us about showing up. And I had to wrestle with her to get her to stand in the pulpit, but she consented. Amen. Y'all give her a hand. Y'all help her up, Danny. I told her she can take 45 minutes as long as she wants to. I'm joking. I'm joking. God bless you, Miss Helen. This month has been designated as be a financial fit, and we've had some dynamic speakers who have come out on Wednesday night, and I know you're looking at me and you're saying, oh my God, what is she getting ready to talk about? Now, I'm not going to sing. I'm going to talk. Uh, many areas have been covered, uh, talking about budgeting, talking about how to maintain some good credit, how to get your credit repaired. Uh, but my responsibility today is to really talk about stewardship. That's one of those things that we really don't like to talk about because it becomes personal. And it's not to make any of you feel guilty, uh, but just to talk about the blessings that you receive when you give your heart. Got a question. Did you know that God loves a cheerful giver? Come on, Miss Ellen. Yeah. A cheerful giver. Have you ever received something that someone has given you and say, huh? take it. How do you feel? I usually say, I don't want it. Take it back. I love to be a cheerful giver. When you give cheerfully, there's some happiness that comes out of it. It's a byproduct of giving cheerfully. There's a young lady that uh, has grown up in our church. I'm not sure she's here today, but she was here last Sunday. And so me, along with some others, uh, we count your monies, your tithes, and your offerings, and when you're giving them. And she would always pass a little envelope to us. And she would write all over Shantae. Little old stuff like, bless this, and maybe use, and she would draw little kisses, and she'd draw little hearts. We're talking about Taylor, Santafield. And she would give us, it may not be but 50 cents, but she'd have all nickels, and she'd have all dimes, and she would give this to us, and tell us what to do with her funds. But that was because she was being taught by her grandmother, Bertha, and her mama, Shantae, in how to tithe and how to give your monies. Then we had another young man who started, was doing it. And my God, he was, every, you could see the tears on his envelopes. Oh Lord, bless me. Bless these, this money so it can be used for your benefit. Help me through the week. And we know exactly who that was. That was Punkin, we call him Punkin. That's Brenda's son. He still does that today. And so what we are saying is that parents, you have to teach your children how to give and how to tithe. Where's Tanya? I'm not sure if Tanya is here. Yes, she is. We can hear. A knock on our counter room door. 
on the door. <laughs> 